0: It's Wednesday, March 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're all wired. we got our coffee, and you, me, and Austin Morgan, who's sitting in behind the glass, have just been engaging in a, in a pretty spirited, not heated, but robust, a robu- that's a much better word, <laughs> a robust conversation about sports movies, which we will spare our listeners from, at least at this point. Uh, we got earnings. We've got retail earnings, we've got food earnings. We are going to touch on sports, because uh, opening day is just around the corner. But let's start with Restoration Hardware. and uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I may have to eat a little crow on this one. It was a good fourth-quarter report for Restoration Hardware. Their profits and revenue came in higher than expected, despite the fact help me understand this, by the way. Same-store sales fell 18% that's a pretty significant drop, considering the fact that their stock is up about, I don't know, 10 13% today. And their guidance, I think that's probably what's driving the stock as much as anything, is they're pretty optimistic about 2017.
1: Yeah. Normally, you would say, in response to a 12% rise in the stock uh, on the heels of an 18% same store sales decline. Just you can't get there from here. Right. You know, <laughs> you can't get to a 12 percent increase off an 18 percent comp decrease. Uh, but you can if you project a, a better future, and there's a market that's willing to believe it. And you know, restoration hardware is not something which has earned, to my mind, a whole lot of trust um, given its history in terms of. Uh, improving the lives of shareholders rather than uh, pummeling shareholders, and and it's still, you know, it lost sixty six uh, percent of its value last year. So a lot of what you're seeing is just a, a rebound. Not maybe not quite a dead cat rebound, but you know, there's there's a lot of uh, ground to recover.
0: There is a lot of ground to recover, and yet, and this is where I may have to eat a little bit of crow. It appears that. Part of the optimism for this year is around something that I pretty openly mocked last year when it was announced. And I take some small solace in the fact that I was, I was not out alone in my mockery of this idea. Were you mocking it all last year? Uh, I, I was, when this idea came forth of the membership model, when, mm-hmm. when Restoration Hardware came forth and said, you know what? Is going to turn our business around? We're going to have a loyalty program. It costs a hundred dollars a year. Our
1: stuff is not expensive enough
0: yet, right? right. So, for a hundred dollars a year, you can be a member of Restoration Hardware Nation or whatever in the world they're calling it, and that's going to give you access to discounts and and that sort of thing. And I and many others mocked this idea, and it appears to have gained at least enough traction. That there's enthusiasm around the stock today.
1: Well, I gotta say that uh, I would continue to wait and see uh, because it's really not a company which has enough of a history of doing things right in succession. You know, you're getting a little bit of a return. Hey, it's it is up uh, over fifty percent in the last three months uh, from its low, but it was a hundred dollar stock back in 2015, forty three bucks right now and having visited the 20s within the last three months, that's a reflection of a lot of people uh, maybe overreacting last year, but really they had, had botched their selection um, to, and their inventory controls to the point where you know, that was the market reaction, was that this thing really was in a lot of trouble and despite how healthy the housing market was last year, how healthy conditions should have been for a furniture retailer, uh, it, it really was not able to capitalize on you know, a good environment. I think that uh, you know, it's showing right now, despite uh, 18% comp declines, that you know, it's guiding to a better future. People are buying it today, they're going to have to deliver on that or it's going to give back today's gains. So you're saying I don't have to dig into the humble pie just yet? I not much, not <laughs> much, not, I don't know. I mean, you may, but but it's it's not enough uh, just to bounce back off of your lows to for me to you know be convinced that this is a, a good long term investment because you know this this thing was public uh, and went private. I think uh one of 2008 something like that came back public 2012 it's really trading for about the same thing that it uh, IPO'd at in 2012 so you know it's not it's this is not a compounder of wealth this is uh you know a company uh whose stock visits lots of interesting places and <laughs> you know it's only the companies that build wealth over time that i think are really Uh, Worth respecting, and maybe it'll do that uh, in the future, but it hasn't uh, from its newest incarnation as a public company.
0: All right, let's move on to fast food. Sonic's second quarter revenue came in lower than expected, Uh, not quite as bad as Restoration Hardware, but uh, Sonic's same store sales falling 7.5%, and yet. their stock up today, and I'm wondering if it's a similar theme in that this is a stock that's been pummeled, maybe not to the degree that Restoration Hardware has been over the last year or so, but is that what we're seeing today with Sonic, that there's enough good here, there's enough positive here, that we're going to bid the stock up 3-4%.
1: I'd say there's enough neutral here. that. you're going to bid it up a little bit today, because with earnings per share down 17%, comps down 7.4%, comps at company-owned stores down more than that, close to 9%, margins down. It's mostly uh, you know, a recitation of the worst numbers that you would want to see. And yet, it's up today, in part because they're guiding toward flat, uh, maybe down 2% comps for the year, and that's an improvement. It's trading off of uh, recent lows, still very close to it, despite being up a little bit today. Uh, one thing that it's done that always seems to capture the market's attention is it's been refranchising, selling its uh, company owned operations to its franchisees, and it has mostly or entirely completed its uh, goal to do that. It's maintaining a 25% share in the uh, franchised uh, operations, so it, it does have a stake in them. But that's uh, brought in a lot of cash, and they've used that cash to buy back a lot of shares. They bought back almost $50 million worth of shares, uh, which is about a year's worth of, of cash flow for the company. So, uh, again, I don't like this story when I look at it over the last decade. Uh, it doesn't deserve a lot of investor trust, but investors are happier today than they were yesterday.
0: Did you say that the comps at their company-owned stores are worse than the comps at the franchised stores? Because usually, we see the opposite when
1: we're looking at restaurants. Uh, I did say that, and I, I want to make sure that I've got the right data. Uh, since you're going to question uh, what I've said, and you know, I know. Normally, <laughs> you don't expect me to actually
0: listen to what you say, but that's no. That's I mean, we we see that. I mean, what happens much more often
1: from their press release, since you ask, okay. since you're fact checking. This is you hounds in the press always checking facts, exactly. Uh, by their own uh, declaration 7.3 percent same-store sales decline at franchise drive-ins and an 8.9 percent decrease at company drive-ins they don't have stores okay they have yeah. drive-ins 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 much more often. don't try to walk in their establishments <laughs> because don't drive into them exactly don't don't drive into the establishments just park by the Right, yeah. drive through, drive through, yes, By drive way, through. Don't drive in. I, I've never
0: eaten at of Sonic. I enjoyed their commercials with the two guys in the cars, and I noticed that there was there was some sort of dust up online because they they shot some commercials recently. I guess this, these must have aired during the NCAA basketball tournament, where it's the same two guys from Sonic, and they're talking about Sonic food as they do, but they're standing, they're outside the car, and apparently. The company started getting email and reaction on Twitter from people being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are what are those guys doing out of the? I don't want to see those guys out of the car. I'm not used to that. I don't like it. Put them back in the car."
1: I've I've been once. Uh, I was driving across the country. Um, I don't know, about uh, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, something like that, and. Uh, Stopped at one, and that was it was in Texas, because uh, they didn't have any uh, near where I had lived uh, at the time. So, I thought, well, oh, try this out. And it was, it was perfectly fine. But, again, I haven't been back. As much as anything,
0: the fact that their company-owned comps are lower than their franchise comp tells me, stay the hell away from this <laughs> stock, because it is so much more the case that we talk about this situation and it's flipped. And and really, the conversation that we end up having is, well, what can what can insert name of restaurant here do to get their franchisees to get their same store sales in better shape like the company owned stores? And they have, I mean, that's that's just terrible.
1: Well, so they've been refranchising, and I don't know the exact breakdown of what's left in the company owned part versus the franchise part. They may have been. Successfully refranchising places that were a little better off. Um, I don't know. Might be a one quarter blip, but I'm, the numbers taken as a whole just are not good. And it's a smaller company in terms of revenue. Now that that has got something to do with the the revenue you bring in when it's all yours, it's company owned operations versus the the franchise fee, which is close to all profits that you take in when you've refranchised. But you know, the company is ten years ago. Had seven hundred and seventy million in revenue, five hundred and ninety million in revenue over the last twelve months. So it's not building, um, you know, a lot of. It's it's not compounding wealth, and the total profits are about the same that they were ten years ago. It's bought back some shares in the meantime, so it's got about one third fewer shares, but it's just it's not a wealth compounder. All right, I want to get your. Take on something that comes up
0: from time to time, uh, often when we get emails from listeners about this, and it's opportunities for investors when it comes to marijuana. Your
1: audience is particularly interested in marijuana, you're saying? I think uh, that's what I'm hearing. Investing in marijuana, yes. Yes. And
0: I applaud this in the sense that when people are looking around them and paying attention to what's growing and, and what are trends, once they start to ask the question okay that appears to be a trend how can i benefit as an investor that's great we i think that's a great way to think i was up in massachusetts yesterday happened to catch a commercial on the radio for uh, an institute of higher learning that i was unfamiliar with until yesterday and that is the northeastern institute of cannabis which appears to be some sort of educational outfit that is trying to teach people about uh, how to run a marijuana business.
1: Part of Northeastern University,
0: is it? It is, uh, To my knowledge, it is not part of Northeastern University. Industry Focus host Dylan Lewis, who hosts Industry Focus on Fridays, is a proud graduate of Northeastern University. And uh, you can email industryfocus at fool.com if you want to ask him that question. I don't know the answer. But let's just, for the moment, let's just stipulate that it's not um but but what went through my mind was oh this is why we keep getting this question it's not just when x number of new states pass legislation to allow medical marijuana use or recreational marijuana use it's stuff like this where here's an advertisement on the radio for you know hey if you want to run a marijuana business we'll teach you how to do that And I guess my question, and we were talking about this earlier today, my question is, what should we be looking for as investors? Because the response that I always give, and this happens not just the email that we get, at events, when we go to events, someone will end up asking this question. And my answer is always, look, there's nothing to invest in right now. Because if you look at publicly traded marijuana stocks, and you can go to MarijuanaStocks.com, and find a list of them, they're all penny stocks, very thinly traded, highly speculative, and not worth your time, and certainly not worth your money. But as this trend continues to grow, what should we be looking for? What's going to be a signal that's going to make you, with all of your experience as an analyst, go, oh, okay, now it's getting to the point where we may actually start seeing legitimate opportunities for someone interested in investing in this trend? Uh,
1: Federal legalization. That's it? That would be an indication that this could be a real industry. That is, people are mistaking the legalization in states, um, either for medical use or for recreational use, and the increase in that uh, as a sign that this is now a legal industry. And it is not legal under federal law. And the previous administration chose not to implement those those laws and, and regulations to the degree certainly that they could. And you are facing now an administration. There's a new sheriff in town, uh, and Jeff Sessions has it's been um, outspoken already about uh, his willingness and interest in cracking down on marijuana use, and and so. It is not something that you would want to invest any money in. That it something which is currently uh, not uh, not a safe industry. Now I understand the um, the interest in it. It seems like you get on the in on the ground floor. And uh, what would you compare this to uh, in terms of what it, you know the use of marijuana? And it, you know it if you're looking at the history of investing in tobacco. And beer and alcohol; uh, those are the two best industries that you could have invested in. And I would refer people to a great uh, piece of work on this uh, at the Philosophical uh, Economics uh, website. I don't know if you'll post the article or not somewhere. I'll, t-
0: I'll tweet this out on tweet,
1: the market. You'll tweet it out on the market Marketfulery feed. Facebook, maybe. Yeah,
0: the whole thing. Yes. Social media Mot- at large, Motley Fool podcast group on Facebook. I'll post it there as well.
1: All right. So the top two industries, um, according to this uh, article, which is sourcing somebody else's data, um, are beer and liquor, and and then tobacco. And so that's from 1933 to 2015. And <laughs> so a lot of data. A lot of data. <laughs> and and these are long term. Trends and the even you think, oh, the, the use of tobacco must be going down and the profitability of tobacco companies is surely, you know, at an end. And, uh, and if you think that, you're wrong. <laughs>
0: What's amazing about this list, as you said, tobacco products, number one, beer and liquor, number two, food products, number five.
1: Yeah, not as profitable.
0: I mean, certainly in a much better position than you know, apparel or textiles. Um, but just the fact that food, which you just sort of take as a given, it's like, yeah, no, 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 people are buying food. They'll continue to buy food. And yet, in terms of a profitable investment, you can do better. And specifically, you can do better with tobacco products, yeah. beer
1: and liquor. Better than information technology. Better than anything. So, over the last 15 years, uh, Take a guess as to tobacco as a group's returns uh, over the last 15 years, annualized. Um, I'll give you a starting point. The market's been up seven percent a year. I'm going to so say not, that it, not not the market, but the dividends plus capital gain. So investing in the S and P 500 would have given you seven percent a year uh, compounded. I'll go one better. I'll go eight percent. Okay, it's eighteen uh, <laughs> percent. So I had one and, digit correct. And. The last 15 years have been pretty bad for uh, tobacco in terms of its, uh, you know, uh, acceptance in society and the willingness of um,
0: CV, CVS Health coming CVS. out a couple of years ago and saying we're done, we're done selling tobacco products. We do a couple billion in revenue every year, and we're walking away.
1: Maybe you think you know that includes some some big gains from you know 15, 14, 13 years ago, and that's in in the data set, but. Over the last 10 years, it's been up 16% a year. Over the last five years, 15%. Over the last three years, 20%. It's not It's not changing. The profitability, the margins on tobacco are so good that uh, it continues to do very well. And there, are, of course, a lot of investors which are precluded from owning it. Um, in, uh, institutions, uh, a lot of universities uh, have Written tobacco out of their investment uh, committee policies, so you've got you know something where the demand—it's never really those stocks have never really gotten uh, particularly high priced because there are relatively few buyers. Um, But the ones who have uh, bought—not—not to go out and tell people everybody you should be investing in tobacco—that's that's that's a certainly a personal choice. Um, But uh, if those who have invested in it have done very well and I think that's part of what the marijuana uh, investor is is seeking they there there's a better future for marijuana perhaps uh, some may be thinking than for tobacco and if it's even better than tobacco boy do I want to be I, I feel better about investing in marijuana given the you know the relative health issues and um, so you know it's it's Really, it doesn't have the same addictive profile that uh, nicotine does, uh, or that caffeine does. Um, but uh, still, it's got it's got some attractive things for long term potential. But one of them that it doesn't have is uh, federal legalization. Then we'll just keep waiting, I suppose. I would. <laughs> I mean, because any anything that did really well. And as you say, they're all penny stocks. And as soon as somebody profited enough to really be a great reward uh, as a business rather than as a stock, you know, a penny stock can go from pennies to to dollars for, for, you know, just a little extra demand. But uh, in long term, a business is going to come under fire of any administration that wants to crack down on. People's use of this. They're going to go after the, those that are making profits.
0: By the way, I'm on the Northeastern Institute of Cannabis website. They do not appear to have athletic teams because I'm, I'm always curious about what the nickname would be, what the mascot is, and, and they don't appear to have athletic teams yet. Maybe that's, you know, they're a relatively new institute of higher learning, so maybe that's coming somewhere down the pike. Uh, speaking of athletics, opening day just around the corner. How are you feeling about your beloved New York Yankees, who are currently, I mean, since we're talking about so-called sin, sin stocks, tobacco, beer, liquor, in Sin City, the Vegas odd oddmakers uh, have installed the New York Yankees as a 30-to-1 shot to win the World Series, a 15-to-1 shot to win the pennant in the American League. Uh, you've been known to uh, wager a dollar here or there. I bet you would take those odds, because you're feeling pretty good about your team, aren't you?
1: You know, the the odds for the Yankees are always uh, too, you know, they're not long enough uh, in Vegas because of the number of Yankees fans there are nationally. Uh, They just don't end up getting the good odds because too many people are willing to bet on them. So uh, I would say that a more accurate uh, gauge might be that they have slightly longer odds than are being offered there. Uh, But. That's not incorporating, you know, their their fine um, uh, their their fine performance in the spring. They've been they've been on fire this spring. So, they're twenty two and eight, top performing team in the Grape Fruit League. Did you get down there this? Year? You've been down to spring training. Before. I have been, not in a while. I, I no, I did not get down
0: there this year what is uh, for for someone I talked to Megan Brinsfield the other day about this uh, I'm curious what for you what is what is something to do if you're thinking about because I'm not a huge baseball fan but if I found myself in Florida for spring or you know in Phoenix in the Phoenix area for uh, the Cactus
1: League, you did find yourself in I did for the I wasn't able
0: I wasn't able to stay an extra day Dan boyd took in a spring training game and had a great time so I would I would absolutely do that if I had the opportunity um, besides the game itself I mean what's 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 something to look for when you go to a spring training game
1: well you can get there early you uh, I guess you know if you've got you've got the kids with you and you're looking to get uh, autographs you've got a much better chance of doing that spring training because your access to the players is um Much better you can you can get at least when I was there and they they've built some bigger stadiums now so there's probably more insulation but I mean you could get right down there you know just between a, a fence and, and the players or, or a short fence that you could get very close and and um, the whole experience is just much more uh, it's it's much better in terms of uh, having a fun time. It's not as expensive. Uh, it's a good excuse to be drinking around one o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. For if you if those, you need- for for anybody out there, not that there's anything wrong with having no. a beer at one o'clock. Uh, you know when you're on spring vacation anywhere.
0: You know what? Some of us don't need the excuse, but exactly. it's nice to have it. It's <laughs> nice to have it. Now the tickets are less expensive. I'm guessing the beer and hot dogs are still the same price, though.
1: Well, they they are. Not cheap, but they're probably not as expensive as being at Camden Yards or Yankee Stadium or Nats Stadium. Nats Stadium. Those are there are no bargains there.
0: Austin Morgan, our man behind the glass today, big Nats fan. I think he's feeling pretty good about the Nats chances this year. Currently installed. The Washington Nationals currently six to one odds to win the pennant, twelve to one to win the World Series. I think Austin, fair to say if they just made it to the World Series, you'd be happy with that. I'd be happy if they can make it out of the first round. That's <laughs> you know what, I'm right there with you. It's
1: right. di- different being a Yankees fan,
0: I think the bar is much higher for Yankees. Bar a Yankee is, fan.
1: is much higher. It's a, it's a good year because they got some get some young talent, uh, and they're, they're, they haven't overpaid for anybody in the off season the way they typically. Try to get to another pennant, so it's going to be much more of a homegrown feel, which is always exciting. I think for it is. for fans, you know, to have the, the young guys that haven't uh, haven't had a chance yet, and they've got uh, Aaron Judge is is pretty exciting because he's um, he's seven foot eight, and he weighs <laughs> about three ninety. He's not seven foot eight. He's six seven. That's he's six seven. That's big for a baseball player. He's about the size. How big is Gronkowski?
0: Gronkowski is a, is about 6667 yeah around there
1: and, and uh, Aaron Judge is uh, fighting for the right field job uh 275 67 275
0: as thought about like maybe he can
1: hit the ball really hard I,
0: I was just going to say I bet I bet he can hit it a country mile yeah should be a fun season. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about in the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's gonna do it for this edition of Market Foolry. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill, thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.